Hey, hey, peacemakers, this is The Soul Coach, and you're tuned into Peace of Mind with The Soul Coach podcast. This is your one-stop shop for life lessons and entrepreneurship, finance, military life, school, self-care, and all things that matter. Myself and guests will share our experiences to show you that there isn't a right or wrong path for life. So grab your life by its hand because we're going on the road to contentment. Hashtag keep smiling. Hey, hey, peacemakers. This is the Soul Coach, and I'm coming at you with another interview. I told y'all I was going to keep giving y'all banger after banger. So this episode is going to be one of my friends who I've known since middle school. His name is Kareem Scarborough. Kareem is a fashion designer. So I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about him, and then we're going to jump right into the interview. Kareem Scarborough is a self-taught fashion designer, residing in Savannah, Georgia. Kareem is the founder and CEO of K Scarborough with a passion for fashion. Kareem said that my brand is specifically not to limit the body and create confidence for consumers. So everyone, I want you to sit back, relax, put your headphones in and enjoy the interview. Are you looking for a designer quality clothing that complements every feature on your body that is one of a kind, no one else has, and that's affordable? Head over to Creatives K Scarborough on Instagram or email or email scarboroughkareem at gmail.com and send over your idea. Set up a consultation so that Kareem can design and execute whatever outfit you're looking for. Be sure to turn your post notifications on so that you can see every single time that Kareem is doing a sale, he's having a new collection come out, or you may see some behind the scenes stuff on either your outfit or someone else's so that you can get an idea of something that you would want do this and you won't be disappointed instagram is creatives kareem instagram is creatives k scarborough and his personal is k scarborough his personal is k scarborough All right, so who is Kareem Scarborough and what is K Scarborough? Okay, Kareem Scarborough is basically, well, me, of course. Um, I am 25, I'm from Savannah, Georgia, um, born and raised. Um, that's just a little bit of background about me. Uh, K Scarborough is more so my brain, um, you know, clothing, designing. Um, I kind of do it all with my brain. My brain is not just suited for like men. I do women, plus size kids, prom, you know, all type of different genres of fashion. So that's basically what, that's kind of like a summary of what Kate Scarborough is as a brand. Okay. And then how would you describe yourself um, with like three words if you had to describe yourself to somebody? Okay. I would say funny, uh, creative, and outgoing. Okay. Yes, very funny, been funny. 
So, what was your life like growing up? Okay, growing up, um, I was kind of more so like a, my parents kind of kept me sheltered. You know, I kind of had like strict parents growing up, so I wasn't able to do like a lot of things that other people were able to do. But yeah. with me being sheltered, that allowed my parents to kind of let me be creative in my home. So like, you know, also being, you know, gay and young, you know, my parents kind of sheltered me so that way I kind of be protected. But also at the same time, they allowed me to do things like, um, it was when I was young, I kind of started doing like little DIY projects around the house. Like with my sister dolls, I used to cut her clothes uh-huh. and then like make like little outfits for her dolls and stuff like that. So, um, I guess the childhood was pretty much kind of like that. And then, you know, uh, once my mom stopped, so I actually learned how to sew from my mom. So once she kind of got, got to like the age of six, seven. She kind of started teaching me certain things, you know, teaching me how to make my own clothes and stuff like that. So that's kind of like a background about me. Okay. So do you feel like once you learned how to sew, what was that like moment like? Was you like, okay, well, I'm about to just make my own clothes. I ain't going to be buying stuff from the store anymore. So, yes, uh, I would say, well, when I first learned, you know, I kind of was just doing little small stuff. And then when I kind of got to, like, my 10th grade year, that's when I got, like, my first actual, like, sewing machine. Uh-huh. So at that point, it was like, okay, well, I'm not really about to be buying clothes. Because I yeah. used to, back then, I used to do a lot of thrifting anyway. And, you know, I used to, like, the upcycle stuff. So uh-huh. it kind of came at a perfect time. So once then, at, like, 10th grade, I started doing stuff from there on out. Yeah, cause then, cause in middle school you was bleaching jeans and jackets and stuff for people. Yes, yes, yes. I forgot about that. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, you know, we used to do those. Uh, that's when the skinny jeans first came out. You know, mm-hmm. used to do, like the tie dye and the cuts and stuff like that. Yeah, I feel like everybody was using up their mama and daddy bleach. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, um, when did you find out that you could draw? So, like, once you started to try to do. Um, to try to do sketches or anything or is it before then well I actually been knew how to draw kind of drawing kind of came first because at first when I was like four or five I used to just draw a bunch of like female figure models and stuff like uh-huh. that and you know play school with them and stuff like that so I kind of been knew how to draw but I never I just recently started introducing like sketching into my business because before uh-huh. I used to just more so do like I wasn't doing sketches. I was just mean so like, you know, taking inspiration and putting them together. But now I kind of just introduced like sketching into my business brain. So Okay. So with all that being said, um, with you learning how to draw and stuff and just being this outgoing and creative person, would you consider yourself as a very social and popular person when you were in school? Um, I wouldn't say, I would say social, yes. I would say yeah, social, social, yeah. Uh-huh. But popular, I'm not sure. I would say I was, like, known with everybody. I was kind of friends with everybody. But I wouldn't say I was, like, the pop, like, most liked it or most, you know, celebrated. But I was pretty known and, you know, I was very social with people. So, yeah, I guess I would say that. Okay. So, with the people knowing you and everything, do you feel like your main support comes from the city or do you feel like it's outside of the city or is it a mixture of both? Or? Um, that's a good question. Um, I would say it's a little bit of both because you have people that, you know, like friends or people who kind of went to school with you that kind of know, like seeing the type of stuff you make and the type of, they like, you know, they like that. Cause like, you know, when I was in school, 
I wasn't really designing for anybody. So a lot of people would be like, where you get that from? And I'd be like, I made it. And then they'd be like, oh, okay, you know, you need to start, you need to take it serious stuff like that. You need to start selling pieces and stuff like that. So, but mainly like at this moment, most of my support comes from kind of like both even and even. Because I have like a lot of out-of-town customers. And when I go out of town, you know, a lot of people like what I have on. And then they'll be like, well, you know, that's nice. You know, you, you made that. And I'll be like, yeah. And they'll be like, okay, well, you know, make me something. And now, you know, we exchange, you know, contact information and stuff like that. So I would say it's a little bit of both. Well, that's good that you have a balance. And it's not just, okay, everybody from Savannah, just because they know you. Yeah, it's actually yeah. people who are outside of the city who love your work and want to work with you and share your business with other people as well. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the good thing about like you know meeting new people and stepping outside your boundaries. Yeah. So after high school, um, did you have a main plan like a okay, I'm gonna do a nine to five, and then once I build up my clientele, um, I'm gonna go ahead and quit my job or whatever the case might be, or was it a total opposite? Actually, like I guess it would say opposite because once I graduated high school, I kind of was more so like in that phase of like, okay, what I'm going to do next, you know, mm-hmm. I kind of got that child over my life. So what I'm going to do next? And it was like, I know me personally, college wasn't for me because yeah. I know I didn't want to put myself in a situation where I'm like owing all this money and I didn't really take it serious and I dropped out or something like that. So mm-hmm. I know me, I want to do something creative. So I kind of, that's when I really started like looking at that first year after high school, that's when I started kind of taking the designer series. But I wasn't really promoting it, but I was still taking the serious, you know, practicing every day, you know, doing certain things, you know. Yeah. My mom was giving me, like, advice on this and that, but I really didn't have no plan after high school. It was more so, like, you know, day by day. Okay. And so that goes into my next question. So with your support system, I see you have a lot of support from, like, your mom. Who would you say are, like your top three or top five when it comes to support and um people or things that actually push you or so you can say your your support and your motivation you can kind of put that together okay so i would say like my i would say my main support comes from my mom because uh-huh. like you know she kind of understands because she's kind of she's been in that field too you know she kind of do her own thing she actually still sews to this day so oh, that's, that's kind of like my big, that's like my, yeah, I think that's like my biggest support from this city, mm-hmm. like, you know, family-wise. Like, yeah. she's the main supporter. But my motivation comes from, it's kind of crazy because most of my motivation comes from, like, old horror movies that me and my mom watch, like, The Cell, um, Stigmata. Like, I like to do, like, a lot of kind of, like, creepy but still fashion type of stuff so that's like a lot of my motivation comes from um like runway shows um cartoons a lot of like old shows and stuff like that like that's like where a lot of my motivation comes from you know what's funny is because like when i started looking at some of your recent stuff it kind of gave me like american horror story vibes yeah so like yeah like that's the type of i like to do like kind of like horror but also like fashion but i know one day i want to get to do actually doing like uh movie costume and stuff oh yeah that would that would be dope as hell especially because i don't really see a lot of designers that are highlighted as like movie costume designers yeah 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 so that would be really cool i can't wait to see that because i'm gonna be like guess what he said it first on my podcast (laughs) (laughs) and i also have i also have auntie who um she actually works for disney with doing costuming because she's also a designer too but she's she 
hurts versus my mother. My mother kind of was just doing it for like you know kids and like doing it for us like around the house. Yeah. My auntie, she actually has like a business with it. So you know, that's what's up. That's kind of like my goal. So when you started creating your um first pieces that you were going to actually sell, what were um well, what was the experience like when you started making it to the finished um, product and either delivery or shipping it? Okay, so like my first, I would say my first piece. Um, let's see, um, my first piece. Um, I would say my first piece that I kind of started with this brand, the Case Scarborough brand, would be like a, a denim corset because I kind of mm-hmm. liked it the way I like the way that corsets fit like the body. You know, mm-hmm. kind of snatch it in. So, but I also wanted to do a different twist on it. So I, I know, like, okay, well, denim. I like working with denim. So denim and corset. You know, let's do that like that. So that was kind of like my first thing. And then um, I had to perfect it a while though, first because uh, corset corsetry is kind of like a lot of it's a lot of techniques and it's a lot of um, it's a lot of uh, you have to do like a lot of like time period accuracy when you're doing corsets. So you have mm-hmm. to kind of like study and know it. So it's kind of like it's a little difficult, but I would say uh, once I kind of got it, I pretty much did it. But those, like, the corsets were more so, like, locally at that okay. time. So most of those were, like, local. And so once you made it and then, like, put it together, like, in whatever you were giving it to the person once you, um like, dropped it off to them, like, what was that experience like? Were you happy and saying, like, damn, I just did it, like, I was I was I was I was excited, also nervous because uh, I wanted it, I want everything to be perfect, you know, kind of mm-hmm. like where most designers and most creators in 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 general we strive for perfection, and sometimes yeah. you know it's not always guaranteed, but we also strive for it. So I was kind of nervous and happy at the same time. Like this is like my first purchase, you know, somebody is going to wear my work, you know, I'm going to be a brand. So it kind of it was it was it was like really exciting at first. Okay. And so what was the moment when you decided that you wanted to take it serious, like, full-time? Like, what what did you have to do to make it your reality? It actually started from a job that I was having. Um, mm-hmm. So I was, like, uh, I was working at this, like, high-end kind of restaurant or whatever mm-hmm. downtown. And um, I just got tired of keep going, like, you know, that feeling of working for somebody. You can't really, like, the position I was in, it was, like, we were allowed to be creative, but, you know, not in the creativeness that I would like. So yeah. I kind of got tired of, you know, every day, you know, the same old, same old. And then I knew that I have a talent. So it was like everybody kept saying, like, you don't have to work. You got a talent. You know, me looking at it like, well, I don't mm-hmm. need money and stuff like that. But then I would say, like, around the end of, like, 2019, I just was like, I can't do it no more. So I quit. And then I had took all my 401k that I had built up from the job. And I just started funding, like, my supplies. So mm-hmm. that's kind of like the point where I was like, yeah, I got to kind of switch it up. I actually like that's one of the things that I was thinking about, like trying not to put all of the questions like around that so I can allow you to speak on it. And I remember that point, like when you actually did that, and you posted on social media and was like, yeah, I'm a full time entrepreneur now. I was like, damn, like he really doing it just to know somebody who like say, OK, I'm going to say f and nine to five and i'm gonna work on what makes me happy and i don't care how long it takes me and look at you now like you have clients and you're doing 
all different pieces. You're not just doing the same thing that you started out with doing. And literally, it's not like you live in L.A. or you live in Atlanta. You live in Savannah and you're able to do this and still be able to just live and be yourself. Yeah. But, you know, of course, it comes with challenges also, you know. Yeah. But to me, it's all worth it. Yeah. But it's just the fact that a lot of people don't step out of their comfort zone and do it. And you took the time out to say, okay, let me take that leap of faith and just go from there. So that's really cool. And I really appreciate you doing that because it's definitely helped me with saying, okay, I know other people who, who've done it. So I should take that leap of faith. And actually tomorrow is my last day at my job. So that's why I've been focusing on my podcast and just using like experiences like yours and other people that I know to say, okay, if they're doing it and they're able to make their their life a little bit um, easier, yeah. yeah, with just being able to have that freedom and and peace of mind to do what you want when you want and to focus fully focus on your business instead of saying okay on my lunch break i'm gonna try to go to the um the fabric store and do all this no you can get up do all of your things that you want to do in the day and not have to rush and do it in a small amount of time yeah yeah that's yeah okay so um now that you're a full-time entrepreneur What's a myth that you heard a lot um, before you became a full-time entrepreneur? Okay, let's see. Um, the biggest myth that I heard was, um, yes, okay, this is like the biggest myth because a lot of people say it's like, a lot of people say, you know, don't just up and quit your job, you know, at least try to keep a job and do your business so that way you can get, you can have the funding to support your business. So that mm-hmm. was the first myth and, you know, I was kind of scared because, of course, I had, like, money, but I didn't have, like, money, money to where it was, like, I can kind of sit back comfortably and do this. So, yeah. it's kinda like, you know, that was, like, the biggest myth I heard. And I didn't want to kind of believe it because I didn't want that to kind of stop me from, you know, chasing my entrepreneurship. Yeah. And that's one of the things, like, with taking the leap of faith, like, you don't know what's coming next, but you do know what's coming next, but you don't know when it's going to come. Yeah. So, it's, like... You just got to sit and wait and continue to take the time out to focus on you, your brand, and doing what makes you happy. Yeah, you have to just kind of more so, you know, limit certain things and just focus on the tasks at hand. Yeah. yeah. So, so what do you usually do when you, like... When you working and say if you can't get something right or you just got to take a step back because you like drained from working all day, how do you like unwind and de-stress? Okay, so usually how I unwind and de-stress is like I listen to music. I listen to um like a lot of like um it's called like creepy pasta. So it's like mm-hmm. kind of like AMS and R videos, you know, stuff that are kind of rain videos, you know, stuff that will keep my mind, you know, kind of peaceful because. Mm-hmm. Like when I be, because a lot of times I do get frustrated when I'm working. And for example, my boyfriend may see it and he'll be like, You're okay. And I'm like, You know, I'm striving for perfection. So it's like, I'm mm-hmm. okay, but I'm just overthinking and stuff like that. So what I do is I just kind of open my laptop, you know, turn on like a funny video or something that'll kind of keep my spirit up. Because sometimes I do get down, like if I don't get something right mm-hmm. at the moment. But it's like, you know, 
it's a work in progress. So most of the time I just kind of de-stress about just, you know, plugging up the laptop, looking at a video or two, watching videos is different stuff, like people cooking, you know, vlogs, stuff like that, stuff that'll keep me, you know, on the focus path. Okay. And what's something like when you are designing what's a snack or a favorite drink or something that you got to have around just so you can like continue to be focused and like stay positive or um even just like be in a a better mood okay i would say like a water um i gotta have like a, a bottle of water by me or and like snack wise i like to eat uh which is weird i do like like to eat like the big bottle of applesauce <laughs> so like I have like my water what in a big world? jar of applesauce and I just I, I don't know it's just a craving I have but okay. it, keeps, it, it helps out though. well see whoever listens to this and they want when you <laughs> yeah, become their designer when you become their designer then they gonna need to have a lifetime supply of water and applesauce uh-huh. <laughs> the moss rank yes okay so what is some advice that you would give to any upcoming designers advice i would give is you, you have to do what's best for you at the end of the day um a lot of people like you can't really focus on who supports you and who don't support you because a lot of people see what you're doing and see where you could go and a lot of people will purposely not support you because they don't want to help they don't want to be that help that'll get you to where you need to go. So I would say just focus on yourself, focus on your brain, you know, cut out all things that do not mean, you know, good. You know, if you got to refrain from going out, you know, just everything, anything that throws your focus off, I would say cut it off. Um, I would say believe in yourself. You know, you're going to have days where it's like, how can I do this? I can't do this. You know, I don't, I don't see no way. I don't see money coming in. It's just, you have to stay focused and you have to keep remember that, Rome wasn't built overnight, so that would be my advice. Okay, yeah, most definitely, especially cutting out the people and and the things that are distracting. Um, like, what at one point in time during your journey, whether it was like in high school or after college, where you felt like things were had become a big distraction, and in order for you to buckle down to focus a little bit more on yourself to get you to the next goal what did you have to do okay i would say um so like back in like when i at that first year after i graduated high school um i kind of i didn't you know i didn't have no plans so this was like before mm-hmm. i even started to th- think about designing you know i was kind of more so like okay i'm gonna have to get a job you know because i didn't go to college so at that time it was only two options either go to college or get a job so it was like okay well with the job I had, it was like, okay, it was, it was bringing the income, but it wasn't really, like I said, it wasn't really doing anything. So it was like, and then most of the time I was, at that time I was kind of young, just out of high school. So, you know, most of my money was going to like going out, you know, hanging yeah. out, stuff like that. And it took for me to realize like how much money I made, like within that year at the job I had and how much I had saved up or what I'd like, what do I have to show for it? So it kind of made me feel like, like, okay, I had to cut out a lot of stuff, like a lot of activities and a lot of people, a lot of going out, you know, drinking and stuff like that. Like a lot of stuff like that really didn't necessarily matter. And at that time, I was young, so it was like, you know, I, I thought this was what like life was about. But it took for all like just all the nonsense and not being focused for me to just say, hey, you know, I'm gonna have to change my life around. So 
and to really look at your your budget like you said because that's one place when we're young and we want to go places and do things and we have our goals that we want to accomplish like we look at the money but we really don't look at the money and understand it and then a lot of us don't really have like that like a lot of like i know for example my family wasn't really taught how to financially like you know you know they credit stuff like that like yeah. stuff that we should have been taught you know yeah i wasn't taught or a lot of, a lot of people aren't taught you know we have to figure these things out as we get older so it's like mm-hmm. you know things like that i would say you know yeah definitely if you definitely like you live with your parents right now and you don't pay any bills i would say save 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 because that's a blessing you know not everybody has that opportunity to kind of you know have somebody to stand on while they you know while they do what they got to do yeah that's that's really true so another question under actually like the financial portion i would say what would you say is the best thing um is the best thing for somebody if they want to become a designer um should they more more so go towards buying in bulk for everything or should they not buy in bulk or what are some things that you think that people should buy in bulk but some things that they shouldn't buy in bulk um just as a like just to get a general idea of um like things that people would be like oh taking it for granted like oh no I'm just buying piece by piece and then they spend all this money and if they would have been able to buy in bulk they would have been able to do better with the cost and being able to use um whatever for a later on project okay i I would say it it depends if you have like a big following and you're just starting out or if you have like you have the the support you just need like the material i would say then you buy in bulk but if you're kind of just starting out like i did i wouldn't say buy in bulk because that was like a lot of my mistakes was mm-hmm. buying the fabric in bulk and now i spent like say like 500 dollars on this whole you know bulk of yardage and it's not really doing as well as I thought it would do. So it's like now yeah. I'm just sitting on fabric. So I would say, I would say, learn your clients first. Like learn your, learn who your, who your targeted audience is first before buying in bulk. But I would say start out with like you go on YouTube. YouTube has a lot of helpful videos on any business. To like what's the first, you know, like how do you get started? You know, things mm-hmm. you need. I would say focus on the things you need first before buying in bulk. You know, sometimes in buying in bulk is good if you know what you're going to be delivering. If you know that you want to see your return back. But that was my mistake. That was my first mistake was buying in bulk and not really knowing who my client was at the time or who my targeted brand was going to be towards. Yes. And see, that's one thing I wanted to pull out to see, okay, where was a general mistake that people can learn from? Because even with me, when I had my peace of mind shirts, I was buying in bulk and I couldn't even sell all of the shirts. Nobody knew what my brand was. So I didn't do a lot of the marketing aspects. So I know how it feels to buy something in bulk and not be able to get the rate of your return. I was giving away a lot of stuff for free. And that's one thing that as a designer, you can't really do because that's your living. So that's something really good that you learn from. And when people are ordering from you they don't understand that as far as how pricing goes and why you have a certain um way that you go about 
either charging for certain things or um, needing a certain thing um, for whatever they're buying. So let's talk about more so like when it comes to pricing and stuff. Um, since being a designer is freelance and you make your own prices, um, what are some things that people can um like use when going to different designers whether it's you or um somebody who's a small business owner or if they have a large following base and they're really known what are some things um that they should come um as as far as knowing so that they don't get their feelings hurt i would say first know your budget like start with the budget how much you're trying to spend like what's the minimum because like what you can do is, like, if you have a lot of people that are sending, like, say, for instance, if, say, for instance, I'm coming to you to get, like, something. Just say if, if the rose was reversed and I want a dress that I see a designer have on. Mm-hmm. But I know that I'm not trying to spend that, spend that designer price. So yeah. you have a lot of people that have come, you know, thinking, like, okay, well, okay, can I get this? And it would be, like, $20,000 worth of rhinestones on a dress, but they don't want that. They want it for, like, 300 match you know mm-hmm. so then that's when but they don't understand that that's when they don't understand like the the amount of fabric and amount of things and you know things really do cost so when it comes to designing a lot of things are really expensive and that's why I messed up too because when I first started out I wasn't really charging what I was worth I was charging more so to get clientele you know to kind of yeah. get my brain so that left me on the shit in the stick because a lot of times I was not like I spend two hundred dollars on fabric but i only charge the person forty dollars so it's like and it's not it's you know it kind of it's looking you know so i would say first thing you need to do is when you go to somebody is you know have a budget you know let them know like hey this is how much i'm trying to spend or this is how much i'm willing to do it for you know so that way you know also let them know that you know hey this is a celebrity or you know this is somebody you know they might have paid close to a million dollars for this dress but you know, I can't charge you that because, of course, you know, that's a lot of money. And, you know, that's not really it's, it's realistic in some places. Yeah. But, you know, you have some people who are really on a budget but still want to look cute, you know. So sometimes I do work with them. But yeah, most times I just try to kind of, like, charge what I'm worth. So I would say know your worth. And it, well, if you're coming from a designer aspect or if you do entrepreneurship aspect, regardless, I would say, like, study, study prices, study, like, study the how much you got to spend how much you know it's kind of study on these things so that way you'll know what to expect what not to expect you know what not to accept and And also know how much you go charge as your hourly rate for you actually your time because people don't charge for their time all the time and that's one thing and people want the turnaround to be so quick but don't really know okay, well, I got to let this sit overnight or I got to let this and this happen before I can actually give you the the dress or the piece or whatever. Um, so that's something that people should also know. How much are you going to charge for your hourly rate, including in the price of everything else? Yes, and also if you do like special, if you have any special techniques that you're doing with your business, charge for that too because you have to be mindful that that's a special technique. You know, not everybody offers that technique, so you have to so like say, you know, if you, like, say for instance, you're braiding hair and you know, you know, you've been braiding hair for like 10 years and it's just, you, you got, you do a special technique, charge for that. Don't just charge for the hairstyle itself, charge for the technique, the time, and you know, the mm-hmm. mental the mental hours it takes to 
you know, pr- produce good work. You know, just charge always charge for what you work. Yes, and and definitely, um, another thing is so once you actually give a product to a person, and say if they say, oh well, um, I know this happens a lot with designers. And they get garments and some people want to be a little shady and be like, oh, well, this and this and this is not what I wanted or this and this doesn't fit or it got a hole or it got a scratch or it got this. How do you protect yourself in your business when it comes to stuff like this? Well, I mean, I, it has happened to me before. Um, how I protect myself is I just, you know, I let them know that, hey, if there's anything that's wrong with it, you know, because sometimes I have a lot of customers who might not want to try it on here they might want to just they might be in a rush want to go home and try it on mm-hmm. i let them know like once you get home please try it on you know let me know if anything is wrong with it i'll fix it free of charge so because it's you know it's my duty to produce what we discuss so i'll either you know hey do you want to you know some people be you know you have those customers who oh no that's not what i want my money back and that with the desire so you know at, sometimes i do just give them that money back if i if i don't want to you know because you have those yeah. friends who who are kind of over the top, but I will understand too, you know, if I'm spending money. So I don't really take it out on them. I just say, hey, you know, if there's anything I could do to fix it, you know, just come to me, let me know, I can fix it. Mm-hmm. And then most times they come back, fix this, fix. So, okay. All right. And let me see what else. Um, What is your favorite aspect of designing? Hmm. I think my favorite aspect of designing is pattern making. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say pattern making because, because you know, you can see like a, it's basically, a pattern making is basically like the 2D version of the garment. You know, mm-hmm. it's flat, the flat version of the garment. You know, you kind of, you can't, you can you can't really see what it's going to be. That's why I like that part, I like that process of designing. Yeah. Making. Yeah, because some people, like, I've looked at, um, whether it was something that you posted on your story or other um, people that I know that are designers, um, I've seen them making the actual pattern. And sometimes it can be a little difficult um, yeah. when actually like, like keeping yourself motivated, like, okay, this is something that I already know how it's going to come out. This is not a final product. So don't get upset. So um, that is definitely cool um, with patterns. Have is there like a designer that like does specific um like just pattern making for people or that's not a thing? Um, there is some designers that offer pattern making, but mm-hmm. I would say that's more so if you're trying. That's that's more so like say if you're on a boutique and you want to get like oh okay yeah so then they'll you know make a pack, a tech pack for you. But I mean there are some people that make patterns. Um, recently um this girl she wanted she she's a sewer too. I guess she's mm-hmm. new to it. And she wanted she wanted me to help her with a like corset bodice, mm-hmm. and I told her, "Well, give me give me your pattern, and then I just perfected her pattern, and then I let her, I go back home and sew it, and then it came out right." So, mm-hmm. you know, so at that point, I guess I would say, you know, you kind of it really depends. You can you can't find somebody, you know, it's just all about if they're willing to help. Yeah, but most times they do it for like a fee, you know, uh, for like the boutique owners if you want to get like a tech pack or produce samples. Mm-hmm. 
and then a lot of people sell their patterns. So a lot of people, like a lot of YouTubers, YouTubers, and um people who are on like influencers that are into like sewing, they'll make patterns and then sell them. That's another way you can get kind of revenue is if you sell your patterns. Okay. So yeah, it's a it's a lot of money to be made within the fashion industry, and especially if you're up and coming. Um, and with you networking with so many different people, whether they come to you for questions or they come to you for help like that girl did, um, I know that it's a lot of like, okay, to take in once you know, okay, everything that you want done with your business and then other people, how they do, they do with their business. Um, what are some things that you can say? Um, hold on. Shoot, I just lost my train of thought. What are some things that you would think that, um, when building a community of people like you, um, who are designers and you want to make friends, what are some things to that you would say you would look for in a a friend who is in the same area, um, like building that support group for people you can support and they can support you. I would say look for people who are like I would say dedication because mm-hmm. if I see it, say for instance, if I see that you know somebody has in the same field of me and they're dedicated and you know I can kind of see like okay well I can learn stuff we can bounce off each other you know it's it's a it's a relationship that I have you know healthy benefits it's not you know it wouldn't be competition it would be you know more so helping out like okay well I see you dedicated you see me dedicated we both know things that the other don't know but we're willing mm-hmm. to help. So that's kind of what I go for. Um, and more so, you know, if you if I can learn something from you, I'm willing to. If you can learn something from me, I'm down. That's kind of more so my aspect of it. But okay. Like, yeah. And so, like, are there any, like, groups that you're in on social media that are for, like, fashion designers or, like, certain hashtags that you follow that um, you find a lot of, like, your virtual friends who you may like support or whatever yeah so um i'm in this group like it's called like a it's like a diy like a upcycle type of group um Mm -hmm. it's a youtuber who does it her name is blueprint diy um so basically it's like a whole community of people who are like you got professionals you got you know up and coming you got people who just started out you got people who are beginners so it's like um we all sit in a group and like say if somebody needs help like sewing a waistband mm-hmm. they'll just make a post and say hey can somebody help me with us you know can somebody help me um i need help with this part of the waistband and then most yeah. of the community or reply back and tell them what to do or either we'll go on youtube and link videos that we've watched mm-hmm. and stuff like that so i would say yes that the community it's like a more like a sewing community but even if you're not like a sewer does also many communities you just have to kind of reach out you know network meet new people and stuff like that and you'll find you know what you need mm-hmm. okay yeah that's really cool and um it's really good that that person who has a large platform is able to bring a lot of people together and start this community of people that help and aren't gonna say okay well can go figure it out on your own so i'm glad you definitely have some support because the beginning of your journey is the foundation for years to come within your business so to have somebody or to have people who support you and later on down the line you never know where the friendship could go and just from being in that group you're able to 
put yourself in a position where you can possibly have people collaborating with you or um, you can send people their way because they're able to do a certain technique that you're not able to do. So that's really cool. Thank you. Okay, so let's see. Where do you see your um, self and your business in the future within I say within the next five years. Okay. Um, so within the next five years, I would like to, um, I, w- I want to see my business um, more so on a manufacturer type of um, platform. I want to be able to, because like what I really want to do, I like doing fashion design and clothing, but I kind of want to be a manufacturer for like local boutiques and kind of more so like you know so that way people from like united states have come to me to get like i'll have like a whole team and they get right there mm-hmm. i'll basically be doing like boutique work so basically you know supplying boutiques with certain type of designs different designs you know mm-hmm. and being that i'm in i'm in united states that they won't have to worry about you know the hassle of dealing with you know um like china how china has the you know it may take like two months a couple of months and stuff but being that mm-hmm. it'll be locally it'll be more so fast consumable so you can kind of come you know see what you want to get boom and then have it back to you like within a month so that's kind of what i really want to be like on a global platform i kind of i'm so i'm really doing designer right now to get you know the investments and stuff that i need to make that a reality okay well any people who are investors who may be listening or who people who know investors and want to um, do some investing, whether it's angel investing or micro or macro um, investing, then definitely hit Kareem up if you're interested, whether um, this is something he wants to start soon, just to get the process on the road. But it's always good to put it out there um, because you never know who is listening and who may send this to somebody else who wants to definitely fund this. Cause right now a lot of people have been into um, angel lending or um, what are you doing? Like crowdfunding as well. So that would be really good for anybody who has information and wants to get something like this started because you never know what may happen with this. You may end up having multiple like warehouses or um offices throughout the united states so you can be able to have one coast to coast and all kind of stuff so i'm definitely excited for you for you and um i'm glad that this is something that's a really big goal that a lot of people are like afraid to talk about and because they're like oh i don't want to i don't know if this will ever happen but since you're putting it out there and you already know where you're going and the things that you're putting in place for your business, you'll be there in no time. And and this also goes back to piggyback of the question we asked earlier about what, what I tell people who are looking to go into entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. I, I would say you never know who's watching. So just because you might not have the following or you might not, if you feel like you're not, you don't have the support, you don't ever know who's watching. Because all it takes is one person to see and believe and feel your vision and then you never know. Yeah. And that's why even though like my all of my friends, whether it's friends from elementary school or people that I've met in my adult life, I always see they have stuff going on and I always share it. And it's so funny that 
I've never ordered anything from you, but I always share your pieces, yeah. whether it was on Facebook or it was on Instagram. And I always support you because that's something we don't have enough of, of people supporting us. And they feel like, oh, I'm just not going to support or share anything because I'm not spending money with them. Well, you putting it out there for somebody else to be able to spend money with them and tagging people in posts. Like when I tag you inside of... um. Chelsea's post. Yes, love her. Yeah, so like stuff like that I try to do with my friends so that they're able to get in get in different communities. Just because she crochets, that doesn't mean yeah. that you don't you may not get an idea from her or she may say, "Oh, well, we can definitely collab." So, I always try to put my friends in room with different people so I, they can step out. And I know that she has a larger platform, but it's it's who you know, what you know, yeah. and I would never sit up there and say that I'm not gonna share my friend stuff because it doesn't resonate with me. So that's something that people should always remember. You don't have to spend money with your friends just to be able to say, okay, well, I support your business. Yes, so all it takes is word of mouth, or even if, like a second share, because um, a lot of people feel like that their friends have to support them like financially but sometimes mm -hmm. you know your friends might not have it like that or so sometimes just a share is the same thing as basically spending money because you never know who their friends with you never know who friends with their friends you know all it takes is a share so yes okay so let's get into some fun questions so what is your favorite movie hmm. I would say my favorite movie is um I would say the sale with Jennifer Lopez. Okay. And let me see. Oh, I know a question that I forgot to ask that was something that I should have asked at the beginning. Um what was a moment where you felt like people doubted you? And like, what was something that you used to motivate you, whether it was like a quote or like a book or a song that you had to play over and over again to keep people who were like naysayers, like out of your ear, like saying, oh, you ain't going to make make anything or you're not going to be nothing. You going to stay in Savannah. You can't do this and this and that. Like, what is something that you use to um, like lift you up in a moment like that? Um, I would say, um, so things I used to lift me up in moments like that, because, you know, of course, with with being an entrepreneur, you have those naysayers and you have people doubt you. But I would say um, my, what got me through it was basically, I took it all in, to what, I, what I did, I took it all in and I kind of, you know, see, you know, what, you know, what, what, what was true about it, because sometimes... Mm -hmm. You know, in certain situations, it might be a little true to it. So you kind of, I look at it and see what's true to it, what's not. And then I really focus on the, the negative because, you know, I don't, I try to, how can I say this? So basically, like, I take all the negativity, you know, consume it, and then I just let it build something that's beautiful. So that way, when people will be like, you know, da 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 da, you know, you have those naysayers, I guess. Yeah. Is there like a, a favorite song of yours or a favorite quote in moments like that that you have to listen to or you tell yourself um, just so you can be like, okay, I'm, I'm brushing it off or whatever? Um, I, I, I wouldn't say I would listen to like a song or a quote. 
I kind of just tell myself like to keep going, you know, this is temporary, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, you're going for it. So of course, if I feel like that, if you didn't have any serious thing, you're not really doing anything Mm -hmm. because Hey, you, in order for somebody to have to see something negative soon, they had, that means they had to hear about you or have Mm -hmm. to look you up. So even that is like a, even though they're trying to be negative, it's still like a positive part out of it because you came, you saw, and you know, your opinion of it on it might not be the best, but you still took your time out to to address, you know, or and look and see what what do I create. Okay. Yes. All right. Now back to the fun questions. Um if you could design for three very known people, who would they be? Um, the first one would be Rihanna. I knew you were going to say Rihanna. The second would be <laughs> Young Thug. Okay. And then the third would be Flo Millie. Okay. And what made you choose those three people? Because, um, well, Rihanna, her style is impeccable. So, Rihanna. Um, Young Thug, I like how he plays with his, uh, like, femininity within fashion. Like, he doesn't, mm-hmm. he doesn't stick to, like, a masculine agenda when it comes to fashion. He's more so androgynous i like that flo millie she has more of that like camp look about her where she goes mm-hmm. for like you know funny clothing you know free clothing clothing a lot of people might look at like i wouldn't wear that but i kind of i kind of get the vision i like it okay yeah flo millie she definitely take chances and risks with mm-hmm. her style and she and the things that she raps about so it's definitely something I could see you um doing as well. Um what are your favorite fabrics to work with? Um my favorite fabrics to work with is denim. That's mm-hmm. one of them. Um I would say linen and then mm-hmm. I would say um like four way scratch of outfit. Okay. Hmm, let me see. What is one fun fact about you that most people don't know? Oh, fun fact about me is that I actually know how to build photo shoot sets. Okay. And nobody knows that. So why are you not out here promoting that? That's something that's really good. Because I wanted to kind of... See, I was going to start doing it, start getting into it, because I know I have like a lot of friends that are photographers and, mm-hmm. you know... I think that'd be good. Like, if you know, we can help each other out, build a set, you know, do a yeah. look for my photo shoot. That's what I would be hoping to do. But um, right now, it's kind of, I kind of wanted to stick to the, I kind of wanted to at least have one business, you know, yeah, going. and then go into the next one. Because I don't want to have, like, both businesses, like, at their beginning stages and, you know, be yeah. trying to balance out, you know, yeah. what needs to be done and what. Okay. That's definitely understandable, but I can't wait till you build some sets for me whenever I have some photo shoots. Yes, yes. yes. Okay. Um, let's see. What is your favorite food? Um, my favorite food would be hmm. like if your boo went and picked you up some food after you had a long day, what would you pick up? I guess I would say wild wings. Okay, what I'm kind more, of wings? How many? Okay, I would get a twenty piece, and I would get um. Dang greedy! <laughs> I would get a twenty piece half. Uh, what it is? It's called uh, it's like a wild ranch flavor, but it's like dry. Mm-hmm. And then I usually get like a hot. Okay, 
You have ranch, blue cheese, anything? Ranch and carrots, etc. Okay. I don't I'm not a blue cheese person. Me either. I had blue cheese one time and I almost threw up. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. What is your favorite time of the year? My favorite time of the year is winter. Oh Lord, so you about to be in your element. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Why you like winter? Because it's um I, I like winter for like the fashion aspect because it's like a lot of layering. You can get away with a lot of like pairing different prints, you know. Mm-hmm. I like the whole the the like the color scheme of winter, the whole, you know, like those muted tones. Yeah. It's not too bright, but then you still can do a little bright. I kinda like that whole hoodie, layering jackets over hoodies, stuff like that, you know, boots. Yeah. Jeans, you know. Yeah, I know you love layering because when we used to wear uniform, you used to wear, layer your collar shirt. <laughs> right, two collars. You, you were the one who really started that that trend. I never used to see nobody double up on their collar shirt. You wear a blue shirt with a white shirt under it. <laughs> yes, all, all throughout school. Yes, been a trendsetter. So, um, what are some your top three? favorite trends um no matter what time of the year or no matter the era that it came out what are the trends that you love with within fashion okay i would say um men wearing like those fitted like those 70 style pants where it's like fitted but uh they kind of like shoot out like palazzo pants yeah i like that on men uh i would say um oversized blazers that's like a good trend and then I would say patchwork is another trend. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I remember I used to have some jeans when I was younger, like some patchwork jeans. They were DK and Y. And I used to love them. My mom used to be like, go pick out your outfit. And I used to go pick out that same outfit. She's like, girl, you're not going to wear that over and over again. So, um, let me see. When is your birthday? Just so everybody else can know it. I'm my Aries. My birthday is April 10th. Okay. Aries game. And how do you feel like your zodiac sign comes out within your face? Hmm. I would say, you know, I have a fire sign. So I would say explosive. Like, I like to do a lot of, like, if it's something that I make, because, you know, I do customs and I also do stuff that you know, like brand stuff. So mm-hmm. when it's my when it's my brand stuff, I get more freedom. I get free range to do what I like. So those are like the looks that I feel like are more fiery, you know, more uniqueness to them, more, you know. It's I feel like one of really bold as well. Yeah. And confident. Like, I don't give a fuck what you say. This is what it is. Yes, and no apologies. Okay. Um... Let's see. Last question is, if you had to go on vacation for a month, where would you go? Paris. Paris. Okay. Why France? Well, no, no, no. I'll take that back. I would go to Tokyo because in Tokyo, because I want to study streetwear fashion in Tokyo because that's what they're known for, streetwear fashion. So I would love to go to Tokyo for a month. Oh, yeah, I can definitely see you coming back and, like, rebranding or having a collection come out with, like, streetwear. And it would be, like, dope as hell, especially for the stuff you already do, like, some of the custom stuff that you do. Um, I really do like that. Thank so you. Okay. Um, 
So what are some things that you have coming up or some things that more than likely um, you will continue doing within your business that people should be looking out for? Okay. So in the future, what I have coming up is I'm trying to do, I want to do like a a virtual fashion show Mm -hmm. before winter is over because I kind of want to pitch because, you know, winter is my time. I want to kind of do jackets, you know, jumpsuits, you know. Uh, two piece windbreaker sets, you know, stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. I would say look out for that on my page, and also I would say, um, I'll be releasing more, uh, like smaller pieces, like statement pieces in your wardrobe, so like corsets, harnesses, you know. And I'm also getting into making jewelry, so okay. also we'll be adding that to my page as well, you know, different little knickknack pieces, you know, stuff like that. And I will also say that I might, those jewelry might be released on my Depop because I also have a Depop page because I used to run a little online business back in the day. So I still have like my Depop page. So that's where my jewelry will go at. And then also I kind of want to do a couple of photo shoots. So I might have some photo shoots coming up in the um, in the early winter, well, late winter. And then I also want to do more collabs because I see it's a lot of, I'm starting to realize there's a lot of designers, you know, up and coming, and I want to kind of collab mm-hmm. with them, you know, put their techniques with my techniques, you know. So, like, I have a lot of plans, you know. Okay. So. Yeah, and whoever is buying stuff from him now, I would definitely keep it because guess what? I feel like I, I don't want to say it, but I'm going to say it. It's going to be worth some money. And yeah. I, I'm not even the one to even sit up here and tell y'all it's gonna be vintage so y'all better keep it for y'all kids and they kids because you never know you having this piece that costs whatever price right now and the price gonna triple later on down the line when somebody kids like oh that's Kate Scarborough let me get that like yes like I really can't wait to see the journey that you have like that is coming up within your business and just for you um and yourself it's it's a lot that you're gonna learn there's a lot that you're gonna be like experiencing so like i'm i'm really excited for your growth and i know this is not gonna be your first time on my podcast and oh, no, it's most definitely yeah you're gonna be having all different types of collections coming out and i'm gonna be having you come back and talk about it so y'all better have the water and the applesauce ready <laughs> Mott's brain, Mott's brain episodes. Okay, so um, let everybody know your social media handles and um, how they can get in contact with you if they want to order um, and inquire about anything. Okay, so you can follow me on Instagram. I have two pages. I have a personal account and I have like a business account that's strictly for business. So my personal account is underscore K Scarborough. So Scarborough is spelled S C A R. B-O-R-O-U-G-H so that'll be underscore K-S-C-A-R-B-O-R-O-U-G-H and then I have my business account which is creatives underscore K Scarborough so creatives C-R-E-A-T-I-V-E-S underscore K Scarborough and then you can go on there and see designs Um, if you are out of town I recommend that you you know with out of town customers I recommend that you do a month before so that way we have time to get the fabric and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Uh, and then I also have a Facebook, but I don't really post much on Facebook. That's kind of like a personal account as well. So mm-hmm. I won't really link that. 
but and then my email is scarboroughkareem at gmail.com so scarborough s-c-a-r-b-o-r-o-u-g-h kareem at gmail.com this is kareem scarborough ceo of k scarborough and you're listening to peace of mind with silk coach